and you're listening to Dream Infringement. That's right, Dream Infringement with the hostesses that you love the mostesses. You've got Jennifer, Cat Lady Extraordinaire, Bobby, flying by the seat of his pants a lot of the time, Castillo, and myself, Emily. I don't have a catchy thing for me. Um, Yeah, and that's what makes up this crazy crew, Dream Infringement. Jennifer, why don't you take it away? Let the listeners know what our theme is this week. We had a very different theme prepared for you for this evening. It was one that we were excited about, one that we wanted to do, that we'd been looking forward to, but we just couldn't get our heads in the game. There was no flow, no muse. There just wasn't anything to give. That's how creativity works sometimes. It can be a little fickle. Sometimes you have a lot of it. Sometimes the well runs dry. But we knew why. It was the combination of the heat, the smoke, COVID being on the rise, having to go back into masks. And it was something that we collectively had a lot to say on. We're just having a rough summer. I think collectively we can all say that. And so in turn, that became our theme because we didn't need a muse to inspire us. We just needed to look out the window. And I've been trying to stay strong. I've been trying to stay positive. I've been trying to look ahead to better times when the summer is over. But you know, I'm just going to have a moment going to take a moment. I am going to whine. I'm going to complain. I'm going to express myself vehemently. I need to get it out of my system. I need to purge it into the ether of the cosmos. And hopefully then I can take a deep breath, filter it in inside, and rest a little easier for it. That's the goal anyways. That's right. Jennifer said it, and I'll say it again a little bit differently. We've all come together to use this hour we have on the airwaves to complain about the weather. To bash the summer. To bash the summer, and to uh, say things you probably already know, and that you already have said yourself in your mind. Yes, Like rock stars in the late 80s in a hotel room, we are going to take the television of this summer and throw it out the window, causing thousands of dollars in damage and also being written off from ever being able to stay at that hotel ever again. That's what we're doing tonight. That's right. Maybe you're a person that had a good summer. Well, we don't want to hear about it. We don't care, honestly. We just want to complain and wallow in our misery. So, if that sounds like a good time to you, keep listening. And it's not just all negative. I think through the negative, we will find the positive. But we must embrace the negative to embrace the positive. I'm not sure where I was going with that, 
and it kind of fell apart at the end. But that's basically what this summer is doing. Yes, it is making a mess of us all, or most of us, at least the members of Dream Infringement. I don't know what your experience has been. Anyway, let's start things off with a hit summer classic, Summer in the City by Loving Spoonful. Hot town, summer in the city, back of my neck getting dirty and gritty. Bend down, isn't it a pity? Doesn't seem to be a shadow in the city. All around, people looking half dead, walking on the sidewalk harder than a match. I think a lot of us aren't quite the same people we were prior to September 2020. Before then, the sound of the wind was something that I enjoyed, and now I can't hear it without being reminded of the fires. Now it makes me worry. I know the damage and the relief brought about by shifting winds now. I used to enjoy lightning and thunderstorms, but now when I hear them, there's a knot in my stomach. There's a fear of going to sleep, that if I go to sleep, I'll suddenly be woken up and have to flee. And I know I'm not the only one. We collectively as a county have PTSD. The people who lost something to the fire, their homes or property, or even a loved one, to a much higher degree. And I can't speak on that fully because I didn't lose my home, but that doesn't negate the fact that there was an emotional toll on everybody else in the surrounding areas. Driving past familiar places that no longer have their landmarks, that are no longer recognizable. Seeing that the devastation came into our towns, past our fire breaks, across parking lots, freeways and highways, we realized what the fire was truly capable of. For those who had to evacuate and had to go through all of their belongings, deciding which things they could take with them and which things they would have to let be destroyed. Even if you came back to your home, you don't look at your possessions quite the same way again. And it's not like we can forget about the fires as we all, again, collectively try to stay inside because the air outside is harmful to breathe as we spend day after day in a dry, smoke-filled haze where there isn't sky and everywhere is just an unrelenting, dingy, dismal smoke. It presses in on me, it presses in on us all. I went to check my mail the other day and I just started crying because I just wanted to not be doing this right now. I needed a break from the ugliness, from the heaviness of the air, from the worry, from the fire season. So if you are feeling that way, know you're not alone. Every time the winds start to blow, I see people all across the Facebook groups discuss how unsettled they feel. So we definitely are still healing, all of us, from what happened last year and dealing with it now and it can make tempers a little short can make people fearful and more impulsive have stronger reactions there's not a lot that you can do beyond recognizing it 
kind of walking yourself through it. This is why I feel this way. I have these fears. I have these worries. And it's making me not have a lot of available resources to be patient, to handle things maybe in the best possible way. So it's also a reminder to be nice to others, be kind to yourself, be kind to others, and we'll make it through the fire season with our sanity intact, maybe. No guarantees on the sanity though. But I ain't up to my baby tonight Cause it's too darn hot It's too darn hot It's smoky outside. I know that. You know that. Your neighbor knows it. The guy at the grocery store, he knows it. All you have to do is look out the window. All you have to do is walk to your car in a parking lot. All you have to do is wake up in the morning and you feel the effects of the smoke in the air. It's hard. It's difficult. And it's taking its toll on a lot of us, not just physically, but mentally. And rather than pretend that it doesn't exist or distract ourselves, I think that there are times where you need to acknowledge the reality of the situation and not acknowledge it in a way where it's like, it's bad, okay? I admit it, it's bad. The smoke is terrible to live in. The smoke in our atmosphere right now in Southern Oregon is hard. That's not what I'm trying to get you to admit. That's not what any of us really need, I think. And I realized that when I hit a wall, a smoke wall, as it were, last week. I do a lot of my work outside. So as a result of that, I have made sure um, over the last few years, I have learned through trial and error that I got to have an N95 mask. It's something that I need. Um, the first year that it was really smoky, I think I kind of expected myself to be perfectly fine in the smoke. And I was. I didn't really experience any kind of difficulty breathing. I was able to continue to work and do the things that I needed to do. Um, didn't affect me. At least I thought that it wasn't affecting me. And over the last few years, I feel that every year I have less and less ability to tolerate the smoke. Why is that? It's because it takes a toll on you. It affects your ability to be able to filter and handle the smoke that is in the air that we are breathing in and out every day, If especially if you're spending a lot of your time outside. And for us, who work in the service industry where we are cleaning yards or washing windows or uh, chimney sweeping or roofing, a lot of times you have no choice. And I think that if you allow yourself to come to grips with the fact that this absolutely stinks and that you are having a hard time with it, I believe it makes space for changing our perspective and being able to survive mentally and emotionally and physically this time of year where we find ourselves driving and walking and exercising and working in a smoke-screened world. I have become very comfortable with being a resident of Southern Oregon is the air quality index. There are different levels of air quality and they are color-coded, very, very 
conveniently. There's the green category. This is labeled by the word good. It is zero to 50 as far as how the air quality is measured. So zero to 50 is a beautiful spring day. The birds are chirping. The crickets at night are doing their cricket sound. I forget, maybe they chirp also. As a resident, as a resident of Southern Oregon, I've become extremely well-versed in the air quality index. It's a way of being able to measure what the air quality is. So I have before me an air quality index. An air quality index is a way for us to measure how clean the air is at any given time. There are several different categories. They are labeled by colors and then levels of concern. The first, the first uh, category is green, level of concern, good. The second, yellow, level of concern, moderate. The third, orange, level of concern, unhealthy for sensitive groups. The fourth, red, level of concern, unhealthy. The fifth, purple, level of concern, very unhealthy. And then you have the very last, but definitely not least, the maroon, level of concern, hazardous. This means you are in a state of emergency and basically just existing is unhealthy for you. So generally where we have been in Southern Oregon at this point in time is in the realm of red, unhealthy, to purple, very unhealthy. Last week, I found myself working in very unhealthy, the purple category, and I felt it. It was hard. What's more, most difficult for me is that it is summer and I want something simple. I get done with work and I just want to play with my kids. I want to take them to the park. I want to play catch with my son. I want to play in the dirt with my younger son. These are things that I value, things I enjoy. I know I'm not the only one. And when you drive through town, it's like a post-apocalyptic world. There's no children at the playgrounds. There's no families having picnics in the grass at the park. There's no college students playing volleyball or basketball on the courts. It's not right. It doesn't feel right. And so on Friday last week, I had this kind of emotional breakdown. I was like done with struggling to breathe out in this atmosphere. I was done with not being able to play with my boys. I was done with having to wear a mask, a smoke mask outside and feeling like I'm lightheaded because I automatically start taking shallow breaths when I have something like over my face. Um, this is the reality of it. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with wearing a smoke mask outside like you need to, but it affects us. It's hard. It's difficult. This is what we have to admit to ourselves. And it was on this afternoon that I admitted it to myself and I admitted it to Emily. I'm having a hard time with this. And so I canceled a lot of my work that afternoon and I remembered a suggestion that Emily made earlier in the week. I'm not sure if she was serious or if she was just saying it as a fleeting thought that had passed through her mind and then she spoke it out loud. But she said, I feel like we should just drive until we see blue sky. So that's what we did. 
we put the boys in the car, gave them each a pillow so that they might take a nap if the car, if the drive went a little bit too long. We put some sodas and some waters in an ice chest. We gassed up and we hit the road and we drove. We drove and we drove and we drove. And we talked, but anxiously waited for that blue sky to appear. But it never appeared because we got started later in the day and we had no idea how long we were going to drive. And we didn't know what was a reasonable amount to drive before we would see blue sky. And you know what? It never came. We got to the point where we knew we needed to turn around because we needed to get back home so we can have dinner and make sure that the boys went to bed at a reasonable hour. And even though we turned around, having never seen that blue sky, it was okay. I felt like I got to follow through with a thought. It wasn't an unfinished thought anymore. I felt validated. I was suffering. I was having a hard time. I couldn't accept the reality of things the reality that it was smoky and I didn't like it. And so after driving all that way and seeing just how far reaching and how difficult it still was to see through all the smoke, turning around and coming back home while my boys slept in the back seat and we listened to radio stations as we passed through town after town heading back to Ashland. We had a conversation about what we were going to do when the smoke was gone. We had a conversation about what we were going to do while the smoke was here, how we were going to make things fun, how we were going to still enjoy things. And those were conversations that I was having a really difficult time even approaching. And so I think that it's important for all of us through whatever difficulty we're facing, whether it's smoke or a pandemic or loss of job, or difficulties in relationships, I think that sometimes what we need to do is acknowledge that it is difficult. To not deny ourselves the words and the thoughts that make it hard. And I think in doing that, we can move forward and gain a little clarity, even though there's smoke all around us. So I'm going to be talking about COVID. My views and opinions do not reflect the views and opinions of KSKQ. And again, I urge everyone to do their own research into any kind of medical advice or decision. So here we go. So we're back to wearing masks. Our brief moment of facial freedom did not last very long. Recently, I was on Facebook I'm friends with a few old classmates, and there was one who was smart. Like, really, really, really smart. Smartest kid in school. And they were complaining about being asked to wear a mask in a library. They stated that COVID is made up. It's just a version of the flu. It's not a big deal. And basically, if people stopped paying attention to it and hyping it up in the news, it would go away. And I thought, wow, I don't agree. And how could this person's little genius fingers be typing such a thing? Because my thoughts turned to my friend in Italy who lives in the epicenter. And she spoke of how you couldn't sleep at night because the ambulance sirens never stopped. 
how their sister was friends with the man who would be named Patient One, how she and her partner both got COVID and still experienced the effects of it over a year later. I have a few friends and neighbors with COVID right now, some vaccinated with minor symptoms, one's in the hospital on a ventilator because he's currently undergoing cancer treatment, couldn't get the vaccine. So I would posit that for as long as the flu has been around, it's never been like this. I don't actually need to rely on news reports or trust that the facts and figures that are being quoted are correct because I can see what's happening to people that I personally know and people they know who have died due to COVID. I have first-hand accounts to verify it myself that this is nothing like we've had before. This is not just the flu. And sometimes reading the news, I get baffled. Even though I just said <laughs> I didn't have to trust everything on the news, it still is the news. So, you know, I'm reading about the Delta variant that it's more infectious. And then I'm reading the news about the percentage of people who have or haven't had a vaccine and that vaccinated people aren't as likely to get severely ill with the Delta variant. Unvaccinated people are more likely to get very ill. And there are still many people who have decided to not get a vaccine or they're not able to because of health conditions. And then I read that there is still a decision to hold a fair. Then I read that 70,000 people make the decision to attend, where they are in close quarters, touching a lot of the same things over a five-day period. And now the hospitals are at capacity, and Jackson County leads the state in the number of COVID cases. So much of this seems preventable, and yet here we are. And I don't think there's anything I could tell anyone that they haven't already heard. I wish I knew the magic words to make people take this more seriously, to not take unnecessary risks or overestimate their ability to either not get COVID or not get ill from COVID. An emotional appeal doesn't work. Logic doesn't work. Science doesn't work. But I want it to work. I don't want anyone to get sick or ill and die. So please just keep holding on. Life is just not quite ready to go back to normal yet. And vaccines? At this point, they believe they offer a measure of protection from getting seriously ill. But you can still get COVID and you can definitely pass it on to others. And there could always be a new variant that we don't know about yet that the vaccines don't work as well on. So even if you're vaccinated, keep taking precautions because we're not out of the woods yet. Don't get overconfident. And this isn't to tell anyone to live a life of fear, but it's to tell people to live a life of wisdom. Fear can be an aspect of wisdom. It can guide us into how to be safe and self-preserving. So please live a life of wisdom. Please stay safe. Please be okay. Black hole sun, won't you come? Wash away the rain.
everyone, Emily here, and if you are a person that is in Southern Oregon and surrounding areas and you're listening to this show, it is difficult to deny the fact that it has been smoky outside and that the air quality has been less than desirable. It's been rather terrible, in fact. Um, I suppose some people might deny it. There are people who deny a lot of things, such as the earth being round. Is that still a thing? Are people still insisting that the earth is flat? Or have they all changed their minds? They, maybe they've moved on to something else. Anyway, I'm not talking about whether or not the Earth is flat. I was going to talk about uh, the smoke, because that's been our theme tonight, is how crummy <laughs> this summer has been. So uh, I had this moment last night where I felt like I just could not take it a moment longer. And... I heard this tropical song on the radio that closed my eyes and imagined that I was on a sandy beach, breathing in perfect, clean ocean air, and I felt a little bit better for a moment. So what I thought I would do is something I've never done before. It's a little experiment, and you listeners are welcome to join in the experiment because you're kind of the subjects, I suppose. So if you want to play along, then keep listening. So what we're going to do is something kind of like mindful meditation, except that we're not really doing that. Um, It's more of a This is what I'm calling it, a somewhat immersive imaginary experience. So if you have an imagination and if you want to be experimented on via radio and you aren't driving or doing anything that requires your eyes to be open, I would encourage you to close your eyes and listen as we use our imaginations to lift us up above the smoke and the clouds as we travel far, far away from the unhealthy air. You find yourself on the most beautiful sandy beach. You can feel the warm, white, gritty sand on your bare feet. You look to your right to find a lounge chair under a big, colorful umbrella with a little table next to it. You think, this is a bit cliche for a beach, but really, there's not a whole lot more to do on a beach besides lounge in a lounge chair underneath a big colorful umbrella. On the table next to you is your most favorite refreshing drink. 
walk over to the chair and sit down. You lean back and let your body relax, feeling the warmth of the sun on your face. And I should mention at this point that it isn't too warm. No, it is the absolute perfect temperature for you. Put your sunglasses on and take a deep breath of fresh ocean air. You watch as the waves crash on the shore and you see sailboats out in the distance. You start to get thirsty and remember that your favorite drink is next to you and you pick it up and take a sip of the cool, refreshing beverage. You notice that there is a pathway leading from the beach to the hills above you and a hotel that sits nestled in between the hills. You see a person making their way down the path toward you. As they get closer, you notice that they are carrying a silver tray with your favorite food. I don't understand, you say. I didn't order this food. The person holding the tray assures you that this is all imaginary and you can pretty much do whatever you want. You accept the food because you're hungry and it's your favorite. And even though in real life this may be a suspicious situation, there's nothing suspicious happening within the confines of this imaginary experience. You eat your food and set the plate to the side. As you sit up, you notice a few clouds in the sky. Not storm clouds exactly, but definitely rain clouds. The clouds start to roll in and you feel one drop of rain plop right onto your leg, followed by several more drops. The air starts to cool as you get yourself up from the lounge chair. You lift your face up to the sky and are greeted by the most amazingly cool, refreshing raindrops falling from the clouds and onto your face. You raise your arms out wide at your sides and take in big, grateful breaths of fresh air and feel the rain soaking your skin. In this moment, you are refreshed and at peace and grateful for the beauty that surrounds you.
Well, folks, that's all from us here at Dream Infringement. Thank you for spending an hour with us while we complained and vented. You know, it doesn't have to be a one-way street, though. If you would like to complain and vent, please do so at us at Dream Infringement on Instagram or Dream Infringement on Facebook. We want to hear you, too. Let's commiserate. Well, we'll be back next week. Uh, Hopefully our creativity returns and rises like the phoenix. Um, Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have something next week. Stick around for World Music Journey with Sophia Blanton. And we have a song to play you out with. And that song is Smoke Gets in Your Eyes by The Platters. Good night, everyone. Stay safe out there. We love you, Miriam. Bye. Ask me how I knew my true love was true. Hello, Dream Infringers. This is Jennifer with a post-show airing edit. We put our pieces together and recorded everything on Sunday. But Monday morning, I got an email from my friend Rick's mom, the one I had mentioned who was in the hospital, letting me know he'd passed away earlier that day from complications due to COVID. He was immunosuppressed. He was being treated for leukemia and it was thought it could be successfully treated and he was responding to the treatment. His Facebook posts tell the story like a very tragic personal diary. It starts July 21st when he says, I can't reach the remote, sick boy here. On July 22nd, he complains of having a 100.2 fever and other symptoms. He jokes, but I am supposed to heal miraculously because it's hard to find someone to cover my shift. Yeah, I'll get right on that. Someone responds, COVID? He says, I hope not, praying it's just the regular flu. Someone else says, get tested. You are an at-risk patient. He responds, it's not COVID. I'm already feeling better. Two days later, July 24th, just coughed hard enough to enable Alexa on my tablet. And then he says he has a fever of 102, but the clinics are closed and he's stuck quarantining in his room. People begin to get alarmed. Someone says, please see your doctor. Your immune system isn't at its best. He responds, they open at nine tomorrow. The other person responds, thank you. I know I'm a nag, we just worry, you know. Two days later, July 26th, he says, So apparently I have COVID. Dang. The next day, July 27th, having problems with the isolation, laid around too long, and now I have bed sores. My lungs hurt, my knees hurt, my back hurts. Someone says, I hope you get to the hospital. Sounds like dehydration. And someone else, Perhaps you should visit the hospital. That doesn't sound good. He says, 
but I don't have money to go to the hospital. They respond, if you need to go, go to the hospital. Another person chimes in, call your doctor. Still another, the hospital has to treat you, whether you have money or insurance or not. You can always set up a GoFundMe. I've always said that I don't want to lose any of my friends to this stupid pandemic, and you certainly can't be the first. Next post, same day. Okay, people, I went to the hospital. I have COVID and massive dehydration. Thanks for all the suggestions. Only slightly complicated by the leukemia. Any and all prayers are appreciated. I say, I'm glad you went in and so sorry that you are dealing with COVID and leukemia. You are having a very rough year, sad face. He says, it means a lot to me that you care. July 30th, he says, I'm not sure if I can deal with this for three to four more days. And that was his last post. A week later, someone asked for updates on August 7th. His brother responds and he said, yesterday they had to up the settings on his ventilator from eight to 10. And they said he wasn't doing well. The next day, today they lowered his ventilator settings down to 40%, which is good. He's had a fever off and on, but today it's low grade. And even though he's been sedated since day one, today the nurse asked him if he could squeeze her hand and he did. So hopefully this is a step towards recovery. The next update. Unfortunately, Rick passed away on Monday, August 16th. It didn't feel real at all. Like how could it be real? And it's a life cut short. It's the message I meant to reply to, like, of course I'm concerned, of course I care, but I thought I had time. I didn't believe that anything could happen to him. It hurts to think about him having to go through it alone at the hospital. He didn't know how many people cared, how many people were thinking and praying and hoping. Please take precautions. Even if you don't believe that a mask or hand sanitizer or vaccines do anything, there has to be like 1% of doubt that says, but what if they do? At least if you took precautions, you can say directly, I tried, I did everything I could to keep you safe. It would feel a lot better than to say, well, you know, I thought about it, but I didn't trust what the authorities were saying, so I didn't do anything because I didn't think it was real. It's always just a flu until it isn't. So I'm just putting that out there. So this episode is in memory of and dedicated to my friend Rick. And please, everyone, just <laughs> take all the precautions. Wash your hands, sanitize, distance. In memory of Rick, and so that not any more lives are cut short and not any more people are ripped away from their friends and family and loved ones. Thank you. Summer has come and passed. The innocent can never last. Wake me up when September ends.